take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean, and this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Be sure to check us out online on our Facebook page and Instagram at Couple Synergy or our website, couplesynergy.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for nearly 20 years. Everyone says you need to work on a relationship, but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of with the partner they fell in love with. On today's episode, we welcome Kimberly Klein. Thank you so much for joining us today on our podcast. Thank you for having me. And Kimberly, you, you kind of have a very unique approach uh, when it comes to relationships and, and helping couples. Maybe you can uh, you know, talk a little bit about yourself and kind of your business and what you do to help people. Sure. Yes, I'd love to. I've founded a company called The Unforgotten Ones. And what I do is I help people who have gone through pregnancy losses. That includes miscarriage, abortion, stillbirths, any way a parent are on the journey to be a parent and it's been diverted. And um, what I do is I've, I've created a program. It's a healing from home video series that I've produced and created where it goes into an in-depth look at like how to actually get healing around the pregnancy loss so that people are no longer triggered by it. I also set them up with one-on-one counseling um, or a facilitator who's going to guide them through a conversation so that they actually get to peace around the pregnancy loss and they are able to have all those really complicated conversations that that people don't really know how to even have. So for myself, it's been a, a life calling for me to actually help people who've gone through pregnancy losses because the statistics out there for couples who've gone through a pregnancy loss is 72% of married couples divorce. And that is one of the main factors that causes divorce. The couples oftentimes don't know how to talk to each other about it. Uh, they're often triggered a lot about how each person is healing and it just makes the relationship not work anymore. So I'm all about yeah, getting people to peace, and then they're able to reconnect with their partner, partner after they've kind of done some healing work separately, and then they come back together. We think this is really important work. I mean, we've come across many, many couples that, you know, may be going through, you know, this kind of grief and loss, and, you know, it's it's very devastating. As you said, you know, those statistics are, are really high. Um, we've done a couple podcasts, you know, in the past uh, featuring couples that have gone through uh, miscarriage and, you know, also infertility, but specifically mm-hmm. when we're talking about miscarriage, I mean, I think there's a lot of kind of misconception about it, you know, and, and mm-hmm. as far as the, you know, processing grief and loss when it comes to that, I, I don't think there's really any template out there for it. That's right. And there was a huge belief system that, and it is true, that the, the grief journey is a journey that people go on and they go on and they go on. Uh, but a lot of times when I take people that are like 20 years in from going through this pregnancy loss journey and getting their healing around it, and what I found is that there's like, I basically I've started from the end point of like, okay, how do we actually get people to peace around this in the end, as opposed to like, let's go on the journey continuously with them. So it's a very, it's a unique process that I've created and developed that's been very 
have huge results, like honestly, huge results. And it basically gets people to like actually be just in love with their, the baby that the child that they were um, expecting and like actually connect with their, I call them spirit babies. And they're, they're allowed to talk to them and be connected to them. And there's no barrier there. And they stop being, they they're able to, in that process, they're actually able to let go of their grief because that's kind of what's separating them from their child is that, that grief that keeps coming up. That it's, uh, yeah, it's a very, it's a very interesting, uh, result or an interesting conversation because it's like people want to be grieving it and like and just to make sure that they're remembering their child but there's also this opportunity to be like yeah if you can let go of the grief we can actually just connect you back to the, to the child and get you so you're powerfully uh like in love like just being from the love energy how did you get into this kind of work like and, how did you get started and how long have you been doing this so my journey started so it actually started on the uh kind of in the conversation around pro-life and pro-choice and that's kind of, that's where I actually started was when I was like 15 years old, I had a, um, a teacher who was actually teaching us about those two different sides of the conversation. And basically in university, I discovered that this was not a conversation I actually want to be part of because it was just kind of leaving everybody hanging who've gone through an abortion. And they're just kind of left in the, the midst of everything. And if they, anything came up afterwards, it was, you know, their choice. And there's no, there was no process to help people, um, process their loss, process their loss or any of the feelings that came up afterwards. So that's kind of where I started. And then I kind of expanded it to be like, well, what's going on with a miscarriage conversation? And when I discovered what's going on with the miscarriage conversation, I'm like, okay, pregnancy loss in general is like the most important conversation we can have as a society. Cause this has been going on for like, like, you know, multiple generations and it hasn't, and no, and people are left with stuff afterwards in both conversations. And it doesn't matter how you're, again, how you're on the way to be a parent and you've been diverted, there's stuff that you're left with because you, you've diverted your path. And in my own personal um, experience, my grandmother had six losses. And this was back in the, like the 1930s and 40s. Um, and my dad came into the world with my, my grandparents having these losses. And it was just this like, there's a lot of, tra- there's a, a lot of trauma essentially. And from that, I, that was like, my my dad's 72 years old. That was 72 years ago. This was happening. And there was no support system back then. And I'm just like, well, I look at now and we barely have anything out there to actually support couples or mothers and fathers to even go through this or even know how to go through it and how, and, and even, um, how to empower like society to even talk about it with people who've gone through it. Like it's just a missing piece that we haven't developed fully yet. And that's, that's what I'm like, it was like, okay, I'm putting up my hand. I've actually never gone through pregnancy loss before, but I'm putting up my hand that I'll do something about it. It's already too late and we need to start now. Like this is, it's already been in the works for so many years that we need to just do something about it. And we have lots of tools available. Um, I've worked with multiple healers and I've ta- been learning, I've learned healing modalities and it's been very, such a fruitful conversation in every healing modality that I've experienced. And I'm just like, well, we can just use these and apply it to what we want to get out of this pregnancy loss conversation. So um, that's been my kind of part of my journey. Now you're yeah. using words like process, right? Mm-hmm. And so you are in Vancouver, is that correct? I am. Thank you for Canada. Yes. So there's, so there's the, the accent there. If people are picking up on that, um, but you know, my question, my question is, is, um, how does, you know, Vancouver approach, um, miscarriage and abortion? It, is, do you see that there's more support there than other places in the world, would you say? I would say no. No. <laughs> uh, honestly, yeah, no, not at all. It's a global, it's a, you know, 
North America hasn't figured this out. Even to go through a miscarriage is like one of the worst experiences that the medical field has figured, like has gone through. Like it's, um, I don't know if I want to go through what I know about it, but I, but basically people are left with giving birth at home. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it starts in the, uh, when the, the heart, the baby's heart stops beating. Yeah. And that usually is found out in the ultrasound. And then hopefully the mom and dad are there. But yeah. oftentimes the mom is just there. And then she finds out. And then the, the statement is, oh, the heart's not beating. I'll give you a minute. And then you're just left. They're just left alone. And then the person has to process like, OK, we have to start the heart again. Like there's a whole conversation. of Like, what does that mean? And then if the dad's there, it's like, OK, like someone will come in and say, OK, yeah, your heart's not beating and you, you're going to have to do this. And a lot of times it's miscarriages are happening naturally at home. And that means they go show up to the, they point to the dad and to go, okay, you're going to have to support your wife or your, you know, your, your spouse or whoever it is. Um, you're going to support your, your partner um, at home. And this baby needs to come out naturally. And the dad's not equipped. Like, this is like the stupidest conversation ever in yeah. my mind and my, yeah. my opinion. I'm like, okay. And then they go home and then basically the mother has to go through all these labor pains what they're calling cramps, but it's like there's labor pains and it, it depends how far along the mother is. But like, I've heard not so good stories about how long, how far along they can be to get this done. And it's like, and this could last for six to eight weeks. Yeah. We just had a so couple now, go through that actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She said like, that, yeah. you know, for, she has a child, she had to drive her child to daycare while she started the process and then went home and she said it was the most more pain. And she had a pretty traumatic birth with her child and that the miscarriage, cause I, you know, to walk around with your child dead inside of you is exactly, gotta yes. be very surreal. And then waiting for whatever is going to happen and being in your bathroom for five hours or however long it lasts. And the other, other side of this is that they, they expect you, like, when you deliver, it's actually, like, done in the toilet. Yeah. Like, that's a mm-hmm. lot of them are, like, letting go in the toilet. And if the doctor is, like, really, you know, adamant about you going back to the, the, the clinic to hand in the baby to see if there's any medical like deep birth defects that have happened so they can discover, like, what was what went wrong with this pregnancy. It's like now you're you have to get some form of a container. It's, it's all gruesome. Yeah. It's like for a container to bring your baby to keep, if it's a weekend, you know, doctor's office not open until Monday, like put it in the, I don't know, in the, in the fridge. Like, what do you do? Right. It's, it's all bad. I'm like, yeah. why are we like, we're, are we primitive? Like, this is ridiculous. Like, why do people have to go through this? And like, why, and by like alone or with a partner either way, like no medical professionals are there to help. And, um, and we, yeah, it's just like, it's this very, it's like that, that itself is the most traumatic experience, let alone you have like a, you know, you have a dead child and you still have to deal with that, mm-hmm. right? Like there's still a, still a whole conversation there of healing, but this is the other side of it. That's, I, I um, think that the saddest case that we came across was uh, the woman that had to go to term. Remember mm-hmm. that, you know, the baby had died and, and she had to go to term with that baby inside of her. The way human beings deal with grief is we have ritual around it. And so mm-hmm. when a person dies, we have services and other things. Exactly. But when this happens, it's usually so private. It's also very similar to losing a pet where there's not a lot of ritual around it. And so you're kind of stuck with your grief. And nobody else that isn't going through that understands. Definitely, yes. And that, and that is one thing, um, actually, I can I can say is that 
funeral homes actually do offer services uh, often for free, at least in Canada. I don't actually don't know about America, but I'm pre- like I'm pretty sure it's a pretty generic thing. But any uh, baby under two, I believe it is that, or basically they can get a, a pretty box and they can bury it and um, and have a ceremony, a proper ceremony for the child, uh, so that family members can come and say goodbye. And it can be a more of a a special time to actually mm-hmm. like to do that and not many people know that this exists. So this is the opportunity like to even check that out and see what is available in your own community to, to see like mm-hmm. what they like funeral homes have been apparently fairly, uh, very, um, gracious in, in creating this service. So I, I highly recommend your viewers to listen, like to, to find out, you never know. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and if not, then yes, please. Like I highly encourage, actually one thing is that, a lot, of, a lot of women don't know that they can actually have a choice if they want to bring it back to the doctor or if they want to, like, take the remains and actually put it in, you know, do a ceremony for it. They have a choice. This is the, this is the missing piece here is that people have a lot of choices in these conversations that they're not aware of. So when, they, when the doctor says we want to go test it, test out the biological material, it's like, no, that's my baby. We don't want to, you know, you're going to, you're going to dissect it. That's not going to work. <laughs> you have, so you have a choice. You can go and say, no, I'm going to do a ceremony for my child and I'm not going to, we're not going to even look at that. We're just going to like, we're going to respect my baby. I, I think, I think that's really important. Yeah. Cause I, I didn't even know that. I didn't know that they, they have a choice and you know, mm-hmm. they, it's important to, you know, I, I think people just rely on the medical professionals to tell them what to do. Right. Mm-hmm. But miscarriages have been happening since the, you know, birth of man and woman. And so, you know, I, I think that we've lost touch with that. Right. It's connecting with, you know, grief and loss and how do we actually process that, you know, at, at a guttural level, at an instinctual level. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we do have definitely. a choice on how we want to do that. Exactly. Yes. And I, yeah. And I highly, like, yeah. And one of the things that, um, I know that some some couples do is they do create like a box or like a like something that they're gonna re- for them to remember that that baby was planned or like there was a plan to have a baby in the family and just to have like a keepsake box and actually like put some um, it's little baby clothes or little shoes or something like that into a box just so that you have something to remember it so that it's always there and then and then also to do a ceremony like really a real ceremony. And invite your family and tell them that you had a baby and that you were going to be a mother or a father. That's the one thing that's really powerful in the healing journey is uh, is people who've gone through miscarriages, abortions, stillbirths, they don't think they have the right to say that they're a mom or a dad. And that's the missing piece here is that they can say, hey, I was a mom to this baby and I miscarried, but it still was my baby and that was mine and that I'm a mother and that they can own that. Like that's the key is they have to owning that. When I'm working with someone um, who has had one of these experiences in all shapes or forms, I have to go to the spiritual place. We know that our medical doctors have very little information. And so I think that's one of the things that is so um, disconcerting. And I think people are understanding that now with the coronavirus. And uh, we hear it a lot with people who are dealing with someone who is going through a terminal illness that they really think doctors know so much and they really don't. And in particularly when it has anything to do with the sacredness of conceiving a child and attempting to bring someone to life, there's very little information. And when people say, you know, I lost my child through a miscarriage, 
they have no answers. And I think that's such a difficult thing, which I think that's what you probably work in that way as well, where you have to bring in the spiritual peace because that life, that soul is part of the bond and the connection. There was a contract and, mm-hmm. and you are their parent. Totally. hundred percent. Yeah. That's actually what I bring into the healing process is to really acknowledge that and to be like, like, what do you want to say to your child? Like, what, like, what do you have to say? And if you listen, you can, you can hear them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you really like get silent and, and, and connect with that child. Like you can actually hear them speak and, and they definitely are there to be with you and they love you unconditionally and they're just there and they don't, there's no hard feelings. There's nothing like you did this wrong or anything like that. And if you can let go of that, like that's the opportunity to let go that that baby is just not blaming you for anything at all. Like, there's no, they're just like pure love. That's what they have. Their spirit, pure love. That's it. And it's so, yeah. And it's just the opportunity to connect with that. You know, I, I have found that fathers, they kind of mm. respond to this much differently than, you know, than mothers. I, I don't know if you were finding the same kind of, you know, concept or kind of same kind of phenomenon there that they, they kind of minimize it a little bit. You know, they don't really know how to be there for their wives that, you know, are, are suffering with this and, and the grief. Like it's something the wife went okay. through, but not, not yeah, the dad. Like they don't really know that they don't have that tangible child in their arms. And, you know, and so because of that, they don't conceptualize it the same. Would you say that's true? Uh, it's a pet, like, I don't necessarily think that's completely true. Um, a lot of times the fathers are involved with, like, talking to the babies through the stomachs of the parents, and men often process things different than, than females, and it's, and that's just our genetic makeup, basically. Um, but there's something there of, like, the man also has a process to go through. Like, there's there's something there that he has his own grief that he's dealing with, and there's, and the woman's dealing with their own grief, and they don't speak the same language. Like there's no, right. there's a language barrier and now, and then that's where people are making decisions from is that there's a language barrier and they think they understand each other, but they don't. And it's, it's so, that's where that missing, there's a big missing piece there. <laughs> yeah. I, and, I yeah, think and, you know, a lot of guys, you know, what they feel is the priority is being there for their wives and being there mm-hmm. for them and, and they don't know how to, but that supersedes their own feelings, you know, about losing a yeah. child. And so they just kind of feel a little bit confused and lost, I, w- I should say. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and the only thing I can say for that, for the men, is that I say there's like nothing, like they're, like be there for your wife. And, and for the, actually for the, actually I want to speak to the wives. The wives, there for the wives, there is a process the man has to go through and it might be on his own. It might be like man is built to protect their child and their wife. Is to protect the ones they love. So, if the baby has has gone, he's already like lost that battle. And then if you then he's also trying to comfort the wife because that's his like his duty, like, it's like a duty or something that's definitely ingrained in him. Thank God. And in that, he doesn't know how to communicate to the wife in such a way that. She, and I want to say he's never going to say the right thing. Like there's something there of like th- that. It's a different language. It's not even built into him to say the right thing. So. Women, give your guy a break. I know that he'll say the wrong thing, and that's okay. And men, you don't know how to speak the language, so stop being hard on yourself too. Like it's it's a very like it's a very confusing conversation to even be part of. And the best thing to do is actually to like to get basically to process each to process your stuff 
separately. There's something there about being separate, not, yeah, like not necessarily separating each from each other, but separating your processing because they're so, it's so different. And have it, your and, own support uh, person that yes, isn't necessarily exactly. a partner, right? Can, yeah. Can exactly. we talk about abortion? So sure. there's an added element there because there's a choice. And one of the most difficult things I've seen, and unfortunately I've seen it more than once, is a wanted child that mm. ends up having some type of birth defect that they know this child's life is not going to be very viable or might live a year or two, but very, very mm. painfully. And then they choose usually much later in the pregnancy, five, six months mm -hmm. in to terminate. And um, w what are some of the things that are different for people who've actually made a decision to terminate their life? There's two, there's two things I want to say to that. One is that if you have a child that is defective, like has some defects, it's like you were actually like, we're always built with, you know, any problem that comes up, we're actually able to handle everything. We can, like, humans can handle any problem that's given to them. And we're actually built that way. So when mom and dad come together and they have a child with, with uh, some handicap or something like that, they actually could take care of their child. There, there is an opportunity that, the opportunity is that they are actually, like, built together to take care of that child. And then if they decide to terminate, there's all, there's this extra layer of loss and, um, guilt and frustration and um, uncertainty of how, of how that relationship is going to go going forward. So there's just this extra layer that's, yeah, and there's, there's also another layer of support too. Like there's an extra layer of support of like having that, to have that choice. But if let's say if they went through that conversation and they, they did terminate the pregnancy and then they didn't have, they couldn't have children afterwards. Yeah. Then forever there's a regret there, mm -hmm. right? So, and then, so again, there was the opportunity to, to admit, yes, I was going to be a mother and yes, I was going to be a father and take ownership that they still are that mom or dad from that, of that child. They are, there's nothing, nothing stopped that from happening. And again, there's that process of letting, of just knowing that your child has not judged you or assessed you, or they don't even, they, they also have like kind of a, like if we're in the spiritual realm, there's also like a contract that that, that soul is actually on a journey and sometimes, and they have a contract to like, there's, there's a contract to be part of that person's life for just a split second or, mm -hmm. um, that miscarriage to happen. Like there's a whole world there that can be created too, but just know that your child is not judging you or assessing you and that it wants to fill you still with love. It still wants to connect with you. Yeah. This, and it's not, there's nothing, not, there's nothing to do except, and, and there's an opportunity to connect with your child. Still, I think the other thing that's really important is that anyone who makes a decision like that is doing the best they can in the moment that they're in for whatever reason. And as life progresses and people grow and learn more things and become different, they go back and blame themselves or judge themselves as though they have that information today way back then. And I think it's important mm -hmm. to be really compassionate to your younger self that was doing their best as well. And, and Absolutely. probably went, you, you probably went through that experience sort of numb and robotic and without a lot of feeling or thought because it, it's such a difficult thing to go through, but it still is and can be part of taking care of a child like that might've been the best you could do as a parent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Bring compassion to yourself. That is the key in all of these conversations is that you are doing the best that you can 
There's no more that you needed to do in that moment. You did enough and you are enough. And everything is exactly how it's supposed to be right now. This, uh, this part of the conversation here, you know, kind of brings up a, uh, podcast that we had done with a medium. This was uh, episode 72, I believe. Sherry Jewel. With, with Sherry <laughs> mm-hmm. Jewel. And, you know, when we were podcasting her, she was, she was actually being, she was able to be here, actually here on location. And we had never met her and we brought her on the podcast and she was talking about, you know, how she is able to talk to spirit beyond. And in the middle of the podcast, she stopped and she said, I am being told to ask about a baby and, you know, someone, a, a baby who you have lost or a baby uh, you know, that was aborted. And, you know, it was, you know, it's already out there, but it, it, it pretty much exposed that uh, when I was very young and, and I had a girlfriend that we had mm-hmm. gone through an abortion, she mentioned that the baby on the other side was saying that I need to let go of the guilt I need to mm-hmm. move on. It was part of that that whole, you know, path that you know they were supposed to, uh, you know, supposed to live, which was just out of the blue. It was something completely just unexpected, you know. But it, it's really just kind of aligning with what you're talking about here, right? That these the the soul has a path, and mm-hmm. we're not really aware of it. We don't know what that path is. And so, you know, whether there is, you know, a miscarriage or an abortion, you, you have to be able to move on. You have to be able to let go of that guilt and, and process that guilt and be able to forgive yourself. Beautiful. Thank you. That was beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Wow. Yeah, that definitely is exactly aligned with what exactly my, how I got, even how I guide people through my program is, is literally we're connecting people with their spirit babies but we're also connecting them with their guides and their angels and everything that's that's supporting them right now and getting them on that path like getting them to understand that everybody's here on earth we have a contract or some belief some agreements of what we're going to learn in this lifetime and this is part of our path so and it's also part of that uh, that baby's path as well to to come in and come out and they just needed to get that little experience from earth and come and then go back up and now they're evolved somehow so um you, you also and, see that with people yeah. who have near-death experiences and they come back and they said, oh, I met your child that, you know, like it could be hmm. a, a sibling that they didn't know their parents had a child that they lost. And you hear that. So that's, and I know that was really healing for you, that experience, right? Yeah, I had a near-death experience also. So, <laughs> I mean, it's just, yeah. But that's I mean, that what, at all. what Sherry Jewell said to you yeah. in, in in saying that baby was able to be fine and that you should, that was really healing for him. So Absolutely. we know that's mm-hmm. a big component of it. Yeah. yeah. What about, what about talking to people who don't have a belief about an afterlife, right? That mm-hmm. we are, Absolutely. when we die, we're done. How do you, how do you approach and help people with that grief, with that belief system? Oh yeah. So and that's the first questions I ask is what are your belief systems? Because if you're, you know, if they're an atheist versus a, um, like a Catholic versus like whatever belief systems they have, like I don't, I don't judge or care. Like it doesn't matter to me. More like, well, what do you believe in? Do you believe in the universe? If you believe in the universe, it's in your here and you're on a path to do anything. But um, the opportunity always is that there's no judgment on the other side, like either way. 
from that baby and they're not holding on to anything that you're allowed to let go of your grief because you're going to die like in that, in that scenario if you're going to die anyways and there's nothing at the end like you can either live with that here on earth or you can let go of it now and keep going forward on your path because it's not going to serve anything anyway there's so no, you're there's talking, no greater purpose than yeah you're talking about existentialism <laughs> and that's like living in the moment then right and yeah if you're not why not if you're going to just carry your grief from one moment to the other that's just suffering exactly yes that is the biggest conversation is the whole conversation of suffering yes <laughs> yeah and that's actually that's actually how i how i word it i actually phrase that it um, I feel like you're picking up a lot of things about me <laughs> by bringing these words into it, like suffering. I'm like, oh, that's exactly what I, how I describe it. It's like we hold on all to the, we hold on to all this grief and this and get depression and all these different things. And it's like this is us suffering here on Earth. And it's like, and there's a belief system that you know if you had a miscarriage or you had an abortion that you should suffer, that you need to go through suffering. Right. And and there's a conversation of it for it to be a journey, but I've seen people go on this journey for 20 years. And then when I meet them and I and I help them with that conversation, they are, and they're able to let go of the grief and their and their um, their suffering, and connect with their their, their baby in, in some meaningful way or like just even connect with them, a weight's been lifted, like such a huge weight that they didn't even know was there, and all their unconscious decisions or their actually all of their conscious decisions start to change. They like when we actually go through a process for them to let go of their grief, they actually start noticing other areas where they've actually set up their life to suffer. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, so I think that different. that suffering also, there's another layer where they feel they deserve to be punished. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And that, and that's, um, I had one client, um, she had, th- she had three, three abortions and, um, and she went, she went through a process with me where she was able to let go of the grief and the suffering and, um, and connect with those three babies, like just wholly and completely. And she just realized that they weren't upset about anything. It was just like part of their path and their journey. And then she started to notice that, well, first of all, when she, first of all, when she started getting really connected to them, then other people who died in her life came back to her and started to actually connect with her. So she was able to connect with her ex-husband who died of cancer and, she had the story of he left me yeah and she was able to get that complete and he's just like i want to just love you and he she was able to connect with him and then another friend came out of the woodworks in that conversation too and it was just like and she was filled with all this love and then she started noticing like where she actually is setting up her life to suffer and she was running a business and it was like literally like lifting kegs all day to different to distribute her products and um and she's just like oh my god like i'm like a powerful like i'm a beautiful powerful woman and i'm like doing grunt work here and i've set my life to do all this grunt work and like and this is the way i'm suffering it's so weird like it's weird that i do this and then within like a couple weeks of, of going through the processes with her she was able to like go of like kind of like go of part of her business she found a she since she was able to connect with her guides and her angels and stuff like that and um, and she was able to give be given like guidance of oh you can get ninety percent profit if you do it this way and there's no lifting <laughs> like uh, it was just like something so simple that like, is so symbolic was... I get this this <laughs> image of Atlas you know with the weight of the world mm, on his shoulders yeah. right and so she's just burdened by this weight and carrying it mm-hmm. you know all the time and then she was able to release it oh wow that's that's fantastic. 
And she had no idea. She's like, this is such, I just, she's like, I didn't even have anything about it, but she's like, wow, I had, I didn't know. It was unconscious that she's making all these decisions to, of how she set up her life. So she continuously was suffering. That was the whole conversation. I was like, wow. <laughs> I, I like this so. analogy of suffering that says, or the difference between pain and suffering that, you know, if you take your hand and you put it in a fire, that's painful. But suffering is when you say, hey, my hand hurts. I need help. And someone says, pull your hand out of the fire. And they say, no, I don't want to change. I just want to feel better. You know, and that's suffering Ooh. where pain, pain is inevitable. We're all going to go through pain, but the suffering is optional. You know, Ooh. and I think that the you cannot, as a human being, do this without help. You have to have Ooh. a support system, someone to talk to. And probably someone you're not related to, a professional like you, because you can't, you can't mind yourself through this. You can't think out of it because you just keep looping. And that looping creates the emotion, the guilt and the shame and that the I'm not worthy if, if it's a miscarriage that somehow I don't deserve to have this. If it's an abortion that I've chosen something that I should suffer from and you, you get stuck and then that, that emotion goes into the thinking and, and it loops around and you need someone to disrupt that. And that's what a, a coach or a therapist is going to do for you because you can't, you can't think yourself out of it. So thank you for the work that you're doing. Beautiful. Thank you. That's, that's amazing. Thank you for creating that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's exactly what that, that that's exactly the value of coaches and, and, um, and a facilitator who knows the kind of wh where you're going to end up. Like they already have the end in mind of where they want you to get to. Mm -hmm. So that's like, yeah, thank you. That's beautiful. That's an yeah. interesting thing that you said, because I think people who ultimately work in the realm of coaching, even if they're therapists, mm -hmm. but they've created a method because they want to, they already know where they want to take you to. And that's, I think, you know, like our program, Couple Synergy, we already know where we want to get people at. We are not sitting in front of people going, all right, sit and tell me what your problem is. We're mm -hmm. telling them, here's, here's the things you need to do, and that'll be applicable to whatever your problem is. And so finding someone who is really knowledgeable in this as opposed to, because there are people that go to therapy for years and years, years. and years, <laughs> and they don't change at all. And the therapist mm -hmm. actually contributes to almost a codependent relationship and so having a program is, is awesome. How long do you work with people? Uh, so, so what the, the, how the program set up is the, we have about an hour, uh, facilitating facilitator coaching session with the client right from the get go. And then, and then we, they have access to these videos. Um, I've created videos that, uh, where I'm the host of a talk show, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and I bring people who've gone through pregnancy losses onto the show and, they share their story and they share what healing methods have helped them or what, you know, how far they are on their journey. And then I actually bring a healer onto the show uh, of a different healing modality that maybe people have never heard of. Uh, things like family constellations to Reiki to just different modalities that just haven't been talked about in mainstream, mm -hmm. mainstream media yet. And in that, literally the people who are watching literally just have to watch. They don't have to do anything. I've, taking all the thinking out of this or all the things out of it and just by watching they're they're able to because we had that opening conversation originally um we were able to open them up so that they're open to the healing and what's provided in the videos uh then they go through kind of a transformation just by watching the videos and then we do another check-in uh, it ends up being about three hours of coaching in total 
Uh, but by the end of it, they are empowered uh, to not just to like they don't just they don't just get complete around their pregnancy loss. They get the peace around it, but they also have like an empowerment. Um, also like empowered to take on the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. So there's this whole world of like we've actually just got them connected back to their their guides and or their angels or whoever you want to call it, depending on their belief system, so that they're actually listening to that inner voice again. And they're connected to themselves. And a lot of times they're the ones actually guiding the conversation with the coach. Mm-hmm. They're when they're connected to themselves, they tell them they your your soul already knows how to get you healed. Right. How to go what healing work you need to do. It, or, it already knows. There's no like if you just ask it, it actually can tell you exactly what to do. So the coach kind of creates that space so that they, it can be it can be heard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and then from and then the whole idea is that the people going forward after the program now have this voice they can consult within themselves that they can now forever be empowered to to create whatever they want in their life. So there's no like, yeah, so it just becomes this full body program. And so if, um, if someone and, wanted to access this program or get in contact with you, you know, how would they do that? Yeah, so we have a website. It's called theunforgottenones.com. And the program is on there. They can um, just buy it from there. And, uh, and we set you up with a coach and you're on your way. And, the, and, and basically the program, it takes as long as you need it to take. So we pretty much do a coaching, facilitate a coaching call right away. And then it depends how long. The, there's 24 videos in total. And they're 20-minute segments. So they're pretty short. But sometimes you do need space to pr- process them. So it might not be a binge watch on Netflix type programming. because mm-hmm. <laughs> And you're... Um, uh, basically your soul is going to do a lot of work for you. That's the whole idea is we're giving this to like your guides and your angels and your soul to do all the work for you. So you're, you're not having to think all the time about it. And yeah, so, so 24 videos, as long as that takes you, but we go, we, we check in every, every week or so and, and set up more calls to help support that person going through the process. Uh, but yeah, they can find my, they can find it on online, the unforgotten ones.com. And, um, and I'm also on Twitter. I'm oh, sorry. I'm also on Instagram unforgotten ones and uh we can take it from there that sounds awesome Mm -hmm. oh my gosh it's great to talk to you (laughs) and meet you and you know thank you so much for being on the podcast today yeah thank you for having me i'm excited this is one of my first podcasts so oh really that's great contribute to your listeners (laughs) yeah (laughs) and and you know we had we had kind of a brief experience in in vancouver maybe like a day was a day Mm -hmm. or two yeah and you know we kind of disembarked off of a cruise ship from alaska and oh beautiful we loved Vancouver. We loved the awesome. oysters the in oysters Vancouver. The oysters were fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. It's a buck of shuck. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys have something really interesting. Uh, the hot dogs there are really unique. Do you remember those like hot dog stands? Like Japa dog or which yes, Japa dog. Yeah, yeah. Japa dog. Yeah, it's very like everything interesting. is possible with a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> so coming from Chicago, our hot dogs are very, you know, they're very specific. Boring. Well, boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there there's some rules when it comes to Chicago hot dogs. Yes. But you guys break all the rules over there with your hot dogs. That's right. Yes. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. We really appreciate you joining us. Um, For Mm. all of those that are interested, please, please check out her website. This is is fantastic work here. Yeah. If you cannot muscle yourself through this, really get help. It'll change your life. Why not do it today? Why wait 20 years? 
for this healing because exactly. that's what will happen. It'll, you'll just be stuck in it until you get there. Exactly. Thank you guys for having mm-hmm. me. And I'm so happy how this, this whole conversation unfolded that we really went into some deep conversations about yeah. what really on the court, like what actually happens in miscarriages and, and what people are going through and, uh, and how there can be relief at the end of this, at the end of this tunnel. Mm-hmm. Like there's, and we're, yeah, it's amazing. Thank you for this conversation. It's beautiful. You're welcome. We want to wholeheartedly thank you for joining us. And for all you listeners today, thank you for joining us and listening to Couple Synergy. Our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships. And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. We hope that by listening to this episode today, it was not only beneficial for your life, but also your relationship. For all you listening, please subscribe to our podcast and please leave us a review. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs such as Relationship 101, the Couples Weekend Intensive that is hopefully going to be this October. October and 15th our, through 18th. Yes, our premier program called Couple to Couple. Look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone that can benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. Yes, please. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez. Mm-hmm.